Even if you didn't go to Catholic school, there's got to be some point in your life where you had to adhere to a dress code. We'll talk about that story of yours and mine, and we'll do games and trivia and all that good stuff. This is Stay Awake While Driving. This is the intro. Let's keep it short and just get started. It's the five-word challenge today, and I'm going to give you five words for you to memorize. We'll come back to it again. At the end of the podcast, you get one point for each one you've memorized, plus you get a bonus point if you know what these words have in common. And we will start off with the word straight, S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T, straight. The second word is right, and that's the R-I-G-H-T type of right. The third word is vertical. The fourth word is obtuse. And number five is acute. So we have straight, right, vertical, obtuse, and acute. We'll come back to those later in the podcast. Do you know what we haven't done in forever? It's the British to American English word thing, which I still have not come up with a good title for, but we haven't done it in forever, so I thought I'd throw a few at you again today. I'm going to give you the British equivalent to a word, and you're going to tell me what the American word for it is. So, for example, I'm going to say the cinema, and you will say the movies or movie theater. How about flyover, flyover? That is a, an overpass. Knots and crosses, K-N-O-T-S. Knots and crosses. It's a game. It's tic-tac-toe. How about post box? That one's a little easier. Post box. In American English, that would be a mailbox. Roundabout. Now, I think in some parts of the country, we call them roundabouts. I call them roundabouts, but I've noticed my GPS calls it the American term, which is traffic circle. Take the second exit at the next traffic circle, my GPS tells me. I always call them roundabouts. Sump, S-U-M-P, sump. Not like the thing in your basement, a sump pump. This would be an oil pan. Trousers. Trousers. The American equivalent would be pants or slacks. Speaking of clothing, wardrobe. Wardrobe. And we would call that a closet. Just a couple more. Starter. Starter. That would be an appetizer. And then tick, T-I-C-K, tick. That would be a check mark. So you're going to tick off the things on your to-do list, for example, instead of check off the things on your to-do list. Okay, that was some British to American English. Uh, go to my website, if you would, please, at stayawakewhiledriving.com and give me a really good title for that particular segment. Help me out. In the meanwhile, let's do some trivia. The Nobel Peace Prize is named for Alfred Nobel. Nobel gained international acclaim for his invention of what? 
is actually dynamite. He had a whole bunch of patents, and dynamite was his most famous. Who, in 1903, became the first woman to win a Nobel Prize, speaking of? Marie Curie. Lake Constance is bordered by Germany, Austria, and which other country? Switzerland. Lake Champlain straddles the border between the state of New York and which other state? Vermont. What was the first video game ever installed on a mobile phone? Or as they say in England, mobile. Tetris. Name the Scottish researcher who is credited with discovering penicillin in 1928. Alexander Fleming. Which ocean is home to 75% of the world's volcanoes? The Pacific Ocean. In which fictional New York City building do Marvel's Fantastic Four have their headquarters? The Baxter Building. Name the actor who starred in the films Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He was in It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, he actually was in World War II as well, served in World War II, and earned the Distinguished Flying Cross Award for his service. Who was this actor? Jimmy Stewart. What is the capital of Portugal? Lisbon. Name the author who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Emma. Jane Austen. And finally, in which city would you find the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That would be Cleveland, Ohio, and that is trivia. Hope you gave yourself a point for each of those that you got correct. Let's review the five-word challenge real quick. The words today are straight, right, vertical, obtuse, and acute. Plus, what do those words have in common? Remember, put me on pause if you need to refresh your memory and memorize those babies by the end of the episode. In the introduction, I alluded to a memory prompt regarding dress codes. Now, if you were like my mother, she went to Catholic grade school, high school, and she had to wear a uniform every single day at school. So if you have one of those stories, you are welcome to tell that because I am sure there are stories associated with having to wear a uniform every single day. I mean, my mom's got stories about, uh, you know, like they couldn't get away with much with the nuns, but they can't remember now, but something with safety pins and they rolled them up a little bit and made them shorter and stuff like that. So a uniform for school, I would consider that to be a dress code situation. Speaking of religious requirements, not just Catholic, you have to wear this jumper to school sort of dress code, but what about religious attire that you have to wear all the time out in public and in private in some cases. If you had any sort of uniform for work or an organization, how about for football? 
I'm going to call that a dress code too. I mean, you can't show up for a football game and wear your jeans and a t-shirt. So any of that fits this bill for today. How about if you were in a wedding, not as the person getting married, but as somebody in the wedding party? Because the people who are getting married tend to more or less dictate. Now, sometimes, you know, they have a chat with couples in the wedding. They chat about, well, what do you think you'd look good in or that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's really down to the people getting married who kind of determine what the dress code for your wedding that you're going to be in is going to be. So if you have a story like that, tell not just about the wedding in general that you attended, but tell about the getting that dress code up to snuff, fulfilling the requirements that the wedding couple had for you. Did you have to buy something? Did you have to rent it? Did you did it have to match specifically? Or were they like, hey, as long as it's purple, wear it. I don't care what color purple, what shade of purple, just wear it if it's purple. Tell about that story. Then we have the kind of dress code stories where you go to a facility that requires a certain level of dress. Fancy restaurants, for example. Maybe you have a story like this. Maybe you like dress codes and you wish more places had them. Fancy places for dinner or whatever. You wish that people couldn't show up in t-shirts and jeans. You want them to wear a sport coat and a tie. I would love to hear any of those stories, so please put this on pause and take several minutes, take a really long time, tell me all the details, say it out loud, and be as long-winded as you'd like because, as I always say, what's the point of this podcast? You know what it is. It's to get you more miles down the road. More details, more miles. I am torn between two stories. I have a uniform dress code story and a, like, what you wear to a fancy place dress code. <sighs> I'm, okay, the fancy dress, fancy clothes dress code story would be tea at the Empress in Victoria, British Columbia. I love going for afternoon tea anywhere I go, and as a last-minute decision, I decided to go for tea at the Empress. I wasn't going to because it was really expensive, but I just had to. I'd never been to tea in Canada before. So I read in a guidebook that they had a dress code, and it involved, let's see, no jeans, no tennis shoes. I don't know if they said anything about the shirt, but I had come to Victoria, Canada with only tennis shoes. I had a pair of slacks. They were pretty wrinkly, but but I only had a t-shirt. So I thought that was a little scuzzy. So I ended up going to Victoria, British Columbia, and spending a whole load of money on the afternoon tea itself. But before I went, I went and bought shoes, and I went and bought something to put over the T-shirt. It ended up being a jacket, because like a outdoor jacket, not like a sport coat jacket, because I thought, well, I can use this again, and at least it'll hide my T-shirt. Yes, it looks a little ridiculous sitting in the afternoon tea parlor with a jacket on, but mm. anyway... I did all of that, bought all those things, went for afternoon tea, and I was sitting next to someone in tennis shoes and shorts, and they apparently let them in. So I was a little miffed, actually, that they didn't make people adhere to the dress code in that situation. All right, my other dress code story would be more of a uniform thing. I did work at a Six Flags theme park one summer. I feel like I've told you this story before. But maybe it's just because I tell lots of people this story because it makes me really cranky. I went and applied for a job, and it was in this big, one of those big pools of you kind of get shuffled through this whole system of or A, B, or C, you know, sort of a thing. And then they narrowed you down into different, you know, if you're going to be in food service or um, maintenance or cleaning up 
popcorn on the ground or, you know, they, they channeled you, funneled you. I mean, it was not at all a nice system, but it was fast and efficient. I didn't even know where I was being funneled into after I did my initial interview. And then I got funneled down into something else and smaller, smaller categories until I finally realized that they were interviewing me for a job for guest relations, which, wow, I have no idea to this day why they thought my qualifications that I had said in the earlier rounds had anything to do with guest relations because not what I enjoy at all, dealing with crabby people. So they finally were like, well, how about you be in guest relations? It'll kind of be like this. And they gave a thumbnail sketch of the job. Okay, I guess it paid better than a bunch of the other job positions. So what was I going to say? I had literally just graduated from college and needed money. I filled out the paperwork and I came back the next day. And that's when they said uniform. Oh, uh, what? Okay. All right. Uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to go down to that lady there. Here's your paperwork. It's going to tell which uniform you need. I walked down to this gal behind this big counter, and she looked at my paperwork, and she ran off into these. There were rows and rows and rows of these kind of like little cubicle locker things behind her. She came back with a skirt, a very polyester blouse with kind of like this ascot tie thing, and a polyester tan sweater for a summer job position. Navy blue, the skirt was polyester too. It was all polyester and the skirt was knee length. Okay. I don't know if you and I have chatted enough for you to to know this about me, but skirts, dresses of any sort make me extremely uncomfortable. And now I was going to have to wear one every day for work. I almost quit right there. And then I put that stuff on and almost cried. Oh, and we had to wear park-approved shoes. That's right. So with these navy blue knee-length skirts, we had to wear black. They looked like tennis shoes. It was so terrible. I don't know fashion, and I could have told you it was terrible. By the way, the guys, they got to wear khaki pants and a button-down white shirt. Anyway, it was okay while we were in the building, but when we would we would have to walk through the park, 90-degree day, through the park to this little back seating area for our lunch behind the scenes. And every day, people would literally laugh at us while we walked through the park in sweaters. For some reason, we could not be seen without this sweater on. Like, we could not take the sweater off until we were behind these fences that delineated where the public and the private parts of the park were. I just remember that detail. (sighs) Dress codes, uniforms, Mm, good stories there. That's mine. If this has inspired you for a story of your own, now you can put me on pause and tell me your story. Otherwise, if you already did that, let's just move on. What are we moving on to? Have we covered everything today? I don't know. I think we're back to the five-word challenge, and we're going to call it quits here. All right, tell me what the words are right exactly now. Did you get them? They are straight, right, vertical, obtuse, and acute. And what do these five words have in common? They are types of angles. Angles. Remember that from geometry? I started writing down that list because actually I had a couple extras. There was like complimentary angles and I started having flashbacks. Any hoodles, that's it for this episode of Stay Awake While Driving. I do hope you're having either a toasty or cool day, whatever your preference is, and that you are making it down the road in good shape. Till we get a chance to chat again and until I'm back from Florida, Florida, please drive very carefully and take care 